and hello. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. All right. And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. With me, I have Tamika from Two Blur Girls Podcast, and tonight we are actually reviewing Alika Chu, Take and Run. And this is actually an indie short film that I had a privilege to be able to review. This movie, to me, is very good. I, I enjoyed it for the 38-minute uh, short film that we got. What about you, though? Yeah, I, I really liked it when I was watching the film. It had the Mulan flavor to me and also uh, Joy Luck Club. Just basically a, a woman that wants freedom from custom and tradition, but she's forced into marriage. Right. And Sism to me is this. She, like you said, she wants to fulfill her dream of studying in the Kydris, how do you say that word, Tamika? Because you're the nope. librarian here. Nope. Mm -mm. Don't uh, put my, my position out there. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> capital, sorry if I butchered that, when she gets kidnapped by a group of young men and taken to the uh, hinterland, there she is forced to marry a stranger. If she refuses to, uh, to the marriage, she is threatened with social stigmatization in exclusion. Torn between her desire for freedom and the constraints of the Kaiser's culture, Sism des desperately seeks for a way out. So, like you mentioned, and everything too, this is, you can definitely tell that this village is like very behind the times and stuff like that. It seems like they're very stuck behind their traditions and stuck in their ways and everything because of the fact that the mother's teaching Chesim how to do bread, how to make bread. And if you don't know how to make bread or anything like that, how are you going to support, how are you going to wind up marrying somebody? If you don't know how to cook, if you don't know how to do certain things, how is somebody that you're going to marry and everything, how are they going to take that? And so here's the thing. The mother wants to her what's best for Chesim, which is to get married, have a family, to settle down. And Chesim wants to go ahead and she wants to get a scholarship. She wants to go on ahead and be in the capital and work in her country. And have, she has very high standards, very high goals. It's just that her mother is stuck in her ways and her own traditions to even see what's going on with her own daughter. And she's opposed to it and everything. But I thought that uh, scene inside the kitchen was very good because then you actually get the two characters together and you understand from the mother's perspective, but you also have a, the perspective of Chesim as well. Yeah, yeah, it, it was a good setup just of how the tradition is in this village or country. I don't, I I meant to look up what this country was because it sounded like they were speaking Russian, but they're, anyway, I'm not going to get into that. But anyway, um, yeah, it really sets up this the tone of the movie, like you said. Like she's teaching her about traditions to pass down. Then you can see very much how it's a patriarchal society. Like how are you supposed to know how to cook and take care of your man? So learn how to make this bread and shut up. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> what you But you know. So then she winds up telling her, hey, look, one of my friends lives in the city mm -hmm. and she can go ahead and help me get the uh, scholarship so that way you don't have to try and uh, 
put any money up front for me to go to college or anything. And any parent would be like in the United States or like, oh, yeah, that's perfectly well and well endowed and everything. That's perfectly fine. Go ahead and try and get yourself a scholarship. But no, not her mother. Her mother's stuck in her ways. She's like, no, that's not what I want for you. What I want for you is to have a family, have and put food on the table. That's what you're here for. This is what our village is made of and everything is to just go ahead and support our our husband and that's it. He's the one who puts the money on the table, not not you. In our culture, that's not happening. And so Chesham goes on ahead and disobeys her mother, goes out into the city to find her friend and she finds her friend and she doesn't even know what a cell phone is. This goes to show you the differences between the culture that she lives and the times that they live in and compare it to the city and everything because she doesn't even know what a phone is. She doesn't even know how to drive. She's behind in so much stuff because she's been held back all her life. Yeah, exactly, John. It's a good example. It it does remind you of the 50s and the 60s where there were housewives. Or there maybe there are people that like being housewives. But for those who dare to dream beyond or to the tradition of what a woman is and what her role is, um, I think this movie would speak volumes to you, especially in the age we're in now with the Me Too and women's lip. Like, just, I don't know if that's what the uh, writer or the director wanted to convey. But it seems like they wanted to uh, put a spotlight on, I don't want to say, in a sense, human trafficking. It felt like that to me. Well, at the very end, we actually see that women are actually being kidnapped into being forcefully being married. Yeah. Which is human trafficking. Yeah. And everything. She didn't even know the guy. Because no. like when she was at work, uh, first she was late on her first week. So she does have some growing up to do. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, when she um she came into work, there a group of guys were looking for her co-worker. So he couldn't find a co-worker. And then all of a sudden they kidnapped her. And she's been taken to this wedding that's about to start. I mean, how scary is that? And then there's right. there's that scene where all the women are dragging her and it's like this this ball of confusion she's like crying and sobbing and there's like this joyous occasion and they're like calm down and ha 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 it was so chaotic and there's so many emotions that get that come up in you like should i be happy right it's a wedding but then she's being forced into this so it it's it brings up a lot of a stir of emotions i should say definitely because, you know, all the other, here's another thing I want to bring up though too. Her friend's teaching her how to drive. She's learning yeah. how to drive from her friend. It's a very touching moments and everything of her learning the life outside of the life that she knows. And mm -hmm. also too, adapting to that lifestyle, adapting to the electronics, adapting to the way of transportation versus doing, uh, riding on a donkey. If she has to ride on a donkey, for example, uh, or just, doing different things that her parents wants her to do versus what she wants to do and reaching those high goals, like you mentioned, then of course, you know, everything seems to be going great because even the parents are like, how is she going to, how is she going to live out there when she doesn't even have a job? Next thing you know, it, there's a help wanted po poster being put out there 
And she goes into the store. She gets herself a job. She's getting herself set up, getting herself stable. And then all of a sudden, her world is just rocked because this guy comes in, takes her, and she's crying in tears. And then, you know, like you said, it's supposed to be a joyous occasion, and it's not. It's haunting to her because she got abducted by these people that she doesn't even know. And then she's put in these rooms with these elders that's okay with it. And then the grandmother... Uh, which is the groomman's grandmother. Oh, it'll be okay, honey. It'll be okay. Mm-hmm. I promise you, th- your tears will dry up and you'll have tears of joy rather than being crying all the time. I'm like, you need to sit your old self down somewhere. Yeah. And everything, seriously, because that that woman just got on my nerves. And then until she has like a redeeming quality about her towards the end of the film. But at that moment, I'm like, no one's feeling any pity for her. No one's even helping her. All it's, all it's about is pleasing the groomsmen and pleasing the family. And if if he didn't show up with them, and also, too, it's an obligation to him because he doesn't want to do it. You can tell that he doesn't want to do it, but he's forced because that's what they believed in doing. So now he's also lost in the same world that she was in, and in a sense where it's his family and his traditions and the way that they do things that he's stuck in. And he has no choice but to do those things because of his family and what they ask for. So he's stuck in the middle. So that's also another thing, too, to look at. It's from both sides. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, toward the end of the film, <clears throat> the, they have a talk with each other and the, the groom, the groom and groomman and her, groomsman, sorry, and her. And he's like, you know, <laughs> I wanted to punch him in the face. He was like, well, I meant to get your co-worker, but she wasn't there, so I settled for you. I was like, damn. I'm second choice? What is this? Because I had to bring a woman back. I just couldn't show up empty-handed, so I had to kidnap you. But to me, <laughs> that just shows you the danger of, <laughs> yeah. of the situation for him, because if he didn't, what would have happened to him? That's another thing. Yeah, probably like got killed or something. I don't know. Right. It would have been severe for him. It would have. Well, but, I wanted to mention too her friend in the city. Um, you know, since her friend chose to escape marriage and get her own life in the city, her mom was shamed in the village, you know, like the other village women. <clears throat> other vi- village women were shaming her mom like oh her daughter's a slut she didn't get married she's out there in the city doing god knows what shame on her household so her mom was ostracized in the village and you right i i think that this affects everybody like yeah it affects the the person that's being forced into marriage but it also affects their family too and also affects the groomsmen. So I saw this going toward various various people. Like this, these traditions are destroying the family. Right. And also, too, once she gets, you know, don't forget, Zism winds up taking the test. She winds up passing. But if she doesn't go on ahead and t- take the scholarship, she's going to lose it. And she goes up to the village, her friend does, banging on that big wall that looks like something from Milan, banging mm-hmm. on that big door. And her family, the family just doesn't care or anything like that. She doesn't mm-hmm. want any, they won't want anything to do with her. They also exiled her out of the, out of there too. And so did the mother 
because here she comes with her iPhone, with her earrings and everything. It's like, no, you need to go on ahead and leave. And so she winds up leaving. And then, of course, so I'm thinking that the Grossman family was like, you know what, cheer her up. Let's go and invite her parents over for dinner. Yeah. So they invite the parents over for dinner. And I'm thinking they're going to be on her side. No. Mm-mm. She's crying. She wants to go back home. The only one that has some t- wants her back at home is the her little sister. Yeah. Yeah. And everything. And she's wondering, why mom? Why dad? Why can't she come with us? Mm-hmm. And she's over there crying. And then, of course, she's the only thing she has left is the goat that they leave her. Yeah. Yeah. That was like the only thing she had of her of her house. Yeah, which which sadly became lunch. Not not that in that scene, but uh, in a later scene. They she, wind up eating it. And she burnt the bread because she I don't know what happened, but yeah, they they killed her pet goat and they had it for lunch. And they were just talking normal, like, oh, and then look like at it was nothing. Looks like it's gonna rain. And then she threw up, and they're like, she's so dramatic. I'm like, you ate my goat. Right. That was like the only thing she had to of her past life before she got abducted. Yeah. And here you are eating the pet that I had in front of me. Of course she's not going to be okay with that. Yeah. And you know what was messed up? It seems like there was a point that the guy and her were on friendly terms, you know, because she was starting to warm up to him. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. you hear a goat nagging. And she's looking out the window. And she's like, what the? You know, like, you you killed my goat. We were, I was going to be okay with this life. You know, I have the goat. And then you starting to be friendly. I was warming up to you. And you killed my goat. And that's the last straw. Right. But because. Him, too. Right. She was trying to escape. Yeah, she was trying to escape re- over and over again. And even mm-hmm. whenever she was running away, remember when her pa- parents came and then she was running after the car. Oh. And then that's when we had that whole entire deal was like, what choice did I have? I didn't, I, I, you were the only girl that was inside the thing. I meant to take the girl that, that was your coworker. And then of course, you know, this is, now this is where the redeeming quality comes in with the grandmother. And now where she basically winds up telling her to wash her clothes. And she said she winds up handing her the keys, remember? Uh she well, found- is it the key? Yeah, she found the keys, but she yeah. says something else to her though before that. She goes, make sure you search the pockets or something like that. Oh, she did. Oh yeah, or something like that. It's not I'm going not going for verbatim or anything okay. like that. But she checks the pockets, and I'm and she's like, "And what is she talking about?" She takes out the keys, and it's the keys to the BMW that her husband has. And she winds up going, and of course, the grandmother brings the other family member back inside the house, and then of course, Shazam goes on ahead, gets inside the car, and of course, the husband doesn't like the fact that she's running off. Anyways, he runs after the car and ringing on the car. She winds up leaving him in the dust, and then at that point, she's getting away. And then she doesn't know that she has to fill up the car and everything either because it winds up becoming empty. Yeah, I was I was so overjoyed. I was like, oh my gosh, you did it. Like I, I had a, all my emotions start to fill up. I was like, oh my gosh, she's escaping. 
And she visited her sister. I was like, no. But then I was like, kidnap her. <laughs> kidnap your sister and take her away. That's what you I know. thought. But, um, you know, and then I was like, hurry up before they come out and see you. And like you said, just that moment where you're rooting for her. And all of a sudden, the car just go plop, plop, plop. And then you're like, oh, great. This chick <laughs> don't even know to put gas in the car. <laughs> How much independence did she have? Did she have like two, three weeks of independence? Don't she know how to put gas in the car? To make it, she got abducted. I'm telling you, before that, she told no. driver. Surely her friend but, put gas in I don't the think, car. Well, here's the thing. I don't think her friend taught her about the importance of putting gas in the car. I think but she just she taught said, her about that. That should have been the first lesson. Put gas in car, <laughs> gas go. I mean, car go. <laughs> car go. But, <laughs> but then she, the car winds up breaking down because she doesn't have any gas. And then, of course, that's when she takes off the earrings for payment because she sees the bus, this bus coming. She winds up. She's like, well, I have no money. Well, no, no money. No fear. No, you can't. You, I can't let you on the bus. So she takes off the earrings that the um, that her ex-husband gives her family gives her and hands it over to the bus driver. And says, Get this, bring this to your wife. He goes, okay. So he takes the earrings and everything, and then they drive off, and the movie's over with. But one thing I appreciated within the 38 minutes of this film was they could have went on ahead and did what every other short film does, is just show her leaving and cuts to black. Mm. And that's what some short films do. Not with this one. This one wanted to tell a story within a, almost a 40-minute period Mm-hmm. And it told the story the way it needed to be told. And it was smart. It was intelligent. It, and here's the thing. I, the reason why when people ask me, do I want to review foreign films and stuff like that? Because I want to learn from other cultures. Yeah. And what and stuff like that and what other cultures do. This is a culture that I never knew even existed and everything because, you know, we have it so good in the United States and everything too. We may not think it or realize it, but until we look at somebody else's situation, until we look at somebody else's country, and we're like, okay, we're not as bad off as we think we are, because mm-hmm. we could have been like Chisholm, we could have been and and being forced on marriage when we didn't want to, and not to achieve our dreams and hopes of doing something. So that's the way I look at it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as a as a woman watching this, I, I of course I. I don't know if I identify with it. My my parents don't want to force me into marriage. <laughs> but just the the society we're in and just reading about how society blames millennials for not having kids and not producing a family or not getting married or withholding marriage. Like it's it kind of it's like an attack really on me as a woman like society just wants me to choose anybody so that I can um, increase the population and then capitalism whatever we don't we don't have time to get deep into the rabbit hole like I usually do but um you know I identify with the main character as a woman just wanting to go after your dreams um, and not wanting to be tied down or forced into anything, really. Right. Um, 
and it's just the the traditions like for me like i said personally i don't i don't have anybody forcing me into anything but i feel the pressure the cultural pressure of society as a woman so that's how i identify with the main character i got you but like I said, I, I enjoy this movie. I like learning about other cultures and everything. And also, too, at the very end of this film, it says so many people get abducted every day in this country, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. And they're abducted and being forced into marriage and doing yeah. things that they don't want. And it's just sad. So, you know, it, I'm just going to take this as a lesson for me as someone who is just privileged to be in the United States and just to be more humble at what we have. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And And not have to worry about that. Going back to your other point, um, some foreign films I do like because I don't know what it is. Their their story seems more focused. It seems a bit pure to me. Like sometimes with uh, American films, there's so many remakes and there's so much this that you've seen. And when you see a foreign film, um, sometimes it's so raw and pure that it it just helps you focus. Like, wow, I haven't seen this before. And with this movie, um, I guess I get a little film geeky. The sound design and mixing was awesome because it stirred up a range of emotions in me. And the cinematography, wow, the long shots, the dolly shots, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I minored in film study in undergrad, but I I don't use it. (laughs) But, But, you know, yeah, I like the sound. I'm just saying, I I, I like the sound mixing and design. I thought that was really uh, perfectly done. I thought of the stylistic of it, the shots of it, the screenshots, to be mm-hmm. honest with you, when they zoom in on, on her and you can see the fear and you can see her in tears and agony. I mean, it, it almost made me shed a, t- a tear. I'm not going to lie because I wanted Chisholm to get out of that you, situation. John, are you crying? Look, I cry. Okay. Men have emotion. Real men have emotion. We do. We do. Yeah. I cried in Spider-Man: Homecoming, mm-hmm. Fast Seven. You let it Finding out. Dory. Let it out. <laughs> Just let it out. It's okay, right? Yeah. But anyways, I enjoy this movie. I want to thank Maria, who is the director, who I'm going to be, in, who we are both interviewing on the 21st. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> of of January. I told you about that. Don't forget. Yeah, totally. don't I, I didn't forget. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not right now. <laughs> yeah, I told you that. Yeah, you did. It's not like I'm writing it down now. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, not at all. First, got it. But I can tell you something else though that you don't have to write down. Uh, I didn't. Write people it. Can follow what are you talking about? <laughs> right. What are you talking about? But I know what you can do. You can tell people where they can follow you at, though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you see what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Showtime. So, two blurred girls podcast. <laughs> now the show can begin. Two blurred girls podcast is B L E R D. Blurred, it means black nerd. I have to uh, elaborate on that. 
Two Blurred Girls podcast. We're on Facebook um, under the same name. We're on Twitter at Blurred Two Girls. We're on Instagram, Two Blurred Girls underscore podcast. We're on Twitch. We're on YouTube. Subscribe to YouTube as well. Um, we have an audio podcast. Our audio podcast is on Apple. It's on Spotify. Um, it's on iHeartRadio. It's on Amazon. It's on Audible. It's on Google. It's on Apple. Did I say Apple? Well, anyway, I say it twice. Apple, um, Anchor, Good Pods. We are pretty much everywhere. Oh, and be sure to check out our show at KJ Eldridge. He's an independent comic book writer. Um, so yeah, check out our show and also the show I did with John. Any podcast unite. That was pretty fun. <laughs> that was a fun episode. I do appreciate you uh you taking the time out of your day to do that and everything to me. That was a yeah. fun show. I'm basically on two podcasts because I'm looking right. on yours still too. <laughs> right. <laughs> But anyways, guys, if you guys want to go ahead, follow me underneath Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite on Facebook and, of course, underneath the same brand name on Instagram and on Pinterest as well. Another thing I want to mention is, too, speaking of Two Blur Girls podcast, I'm actually doing a Children of St. Jude's. Uh, I'm actually doing a charity event with uh, Children of St. Jude's Hospital. So get yourself a Sensi. All proceeds go over to Children of St. Jude's Hospital. That's how you can go on ahead and do that. Of course, go on ahead and get an audio-only podcast up our episode wherever we do here at Movie Lovers Unite, wherever you guys get your major podcasts from. Also, too, go over to Good Pods, like Tamika said. Go on ahead and rate us over there. It's like social networking for podcasters or people that love listening to podcasts. We can actually go in there, reply to your comments if you have a if you want to ask us questions and stuff like that. And then, of course, you guys can also go on ahead and rate us on Spotify and also on Apple Podcasts as well. Then if you want to go on ahead, donate to the page. You guys don't have to. Just a simple like, simple sharing. Also, too, commenting also helps in the comment section on our YouTube channel. Helps us as well. So smash that like button. Smash that subscribe button. Smash that little bell on the bottom right-hand corner to allow you guys to know when we have something new coming out. Also, too, go on ahead and donate to the page. How do you guys do that? Just go on ahead. Go to GoFundMe.com forward slash Movie Lovers Podcast. That's how you can donate $5 to $10 over there. Then, of course, go on ahead and follow me underneath Movie Lovers Unit on Twitter and then Movie Lovers Unit on TikTok, Movie Lovers Unit Zero on TikTok. And then, of course, go on ahead and if you want to be a sponsor or like to be on the show, just reach out to me at movieloversunite at gmail.com. <clears throat> Tomorrow night, 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, Charlie, Sean, and I are going to be doing our, our review of Total Recall, the 1990 version of with oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And so we're doing that tomorrow night. Then right after that, we're doing Rambo on Wednesday night. Finally. Wrapping that up. Yes, we are finally wrapping up <laughs> Rambo. <laughs> Little fun fact. Tamika was the one who is the biggest supporter in our of our channel. That she actually was the only one waiting for us yeah. to start. We had to tell I was her. waiting there like an idiot. And I was like, hello? Hello? Is it going to start? Let me get my popcorn. And Charlie was like, you're going to have to go ahead and tell people that, you know, we don't have a show that. And then Tamika messages me and I'm like, um, it was Tamika. But anyways, <laughs> we do appreciate the support, Tamika. It does mean so much to us. With the, we with appreciate the support, the support too, John. Thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome. And so 9 o'clock Central Time, um, 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern Time. 
We're going to have our Rambo Last Blood review. Matter of fact, I do want to do a giveaway. Oh. Right here of all five Rambo movies. So, what? Oh. Yes. And then we also have another giveaway on that same night with Shudder. I'm doing a 30-day oh. trial for Shudder. So go on ahead, get your horror on, get your action fix, come over and join us, of course, on Wednesday night for the giveaways. Always until next time, guys. It's been real. It's been fun. Thank you so much, Tamika, for doing this. This has oh, been yeah. a blast, as always, and a privilege yeah. to have January you on. January 21st, I'll be there. Yep. <laughs> All right. And always until next time, guys. It's been real. It's been fun. And stay safe. And good night.